1: Hello there, welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove today, joined by Chief Sportswriter Lee Ryder and Newcastle Night Rider Chris Woff. Uh We'll dive straight into the Swansea Result 1 1 at St James's Park. Chris,
0: uh, how would you sum up Saturday's performance? It was a frustrating game all round, really. I think for, for 45 minutes, Newcastle played very well, except putting the ball in the back of the net, and that's so often been the problem this season. I think across the whole 90 minutes, it's almost. Like a snapshot of the season in general that there were, there were positives throughout but just a lack of quality, a lack of cutting edge cost Newcastle second half poor from Newcastle, Swansea got better and Newcastle fell behind Hossloo came on and got the goal but I just think as we keep saying every week it's a broken record now but it just showed where Newcastle are lacking that they need a bit of help this month it was an eleven who featured in the Championship campaign last season which says all oh, you really need to know and I think they need some help this month in order to really Kill off games like that. It's a game that should be winning. There are not going to be too many more opportunities against teams like that between now and the end of the season. And it just just highlighted all the problems which we've known all season. Really,
1: what more can Rafa Benitez do? Because obviously Newcastle are creating the chances. Um, Gale should have probably scored with a header on Saturday. Other than laying home the message of be more clinical, Benitez really can only turn at on the board and say, "I need a striker to go yep. in this January."
2: Yeah, that's, that's all he can do. Keep knocking on the door, and that's that's probably all he, he will do. But you know, there's only two weeks left now, this this window, and that's, it's starting to get a tad concerning. Uh, he did say January the 20th uh, was when Newcastle needed to get the, the house in order. Um, we're fast approaching that now. Unless they really get a shift on, they're not going to get that done. Um, but what, what you can say is, is that Rafa, his game plan on Saturday was good enough to win the game because he can't go on the pitch and stick the ball in the net for them they created enough chances, they kept sort of Swansea at bay as much as they could, um, but I have to say, by the end of the game, I was almost s- settling for the draw in my head, because I just felt, we could play till midnight here and not get another goal, and then, you know, Swansea were looking dangerous on the counter, and they did nearly win it through Wilfrid Boney, so it could have been even worse, and Newcastle got nothing, so, tough times for Rafa Benitez, but all he can do is keep knocking on the door and saying, you know, give me a striker, give me a left back, whatever he, whatever he can get through the door for us.
1: Great to see Joshua get the goal, though. He's obviously had his critics, the 5 million price tag, not being clinical enough in front of the goal, but great to see him get a goal which could prove very valuable in the end.
0: It could do, and I have to say, I thought he took the goal well. Um, when I first saw it live, I didn't realise quite how much Perez's cross had deflected and had gone behind him. But the way he turns and he waits for the two defenders and basically puts it through their legs, which uh, makes it impossible for the goalkeeper to see it in the far corner, it was quite a tight angle. And for someone who we know has struggled for goals, really, since he's come in, his all-round game has been excellent. But in terms of actual end product, hasn't really been there. But as Rafa made the point after the game, he said, look, I had £5 to spend on a striker in a market whereby 5000000 million wouldn't even get you a a probably reserve left-back in the Premier League and you you got Hoselu in who's providing the all round game is actually Newcastle's top scorer which is really a damning indictment of, of the squad Benitez has at his disposal and that's not meant to to have a go at the current players who are there I think they're given their own there's nothing you can say about this group compared to two years ago it's completely different in that regard but there is just a lack of Premier League experience a lack of Premier League quality and Hoselu embodies all what is best about Benitez's team the work ethic Following the message, but he needs a bit of help up front as well because four goals uh, in twenty games—I think it is—is as is, is, is for a five million pound strike is a good return. But for a team who needs to stay in the Premier League, isn't going to keep you up probably.
1: Dwight Gayle, I mean, is it a case that he just needs a goal and then we'll see more and more coming from him because? I was at the um, the game before Swansea, which was to my mind, Luton. yes, the Luton game. Yeah. And he was getting very frustrated on the yeah. pitch. People yeah. He wasn't getting the passes that he was making the runs for, and you could see him physically turning around yeah. and you know gesturing to the players behind him. And it does appear that maybe he's just
2: lacking that bit of confidence, and one goal could turn it around. Well, that's always the the deal with strikers, you know. You can go ten game, even the very best strikers, you know, Alan Shearer, you know, had that run with England where he didn't score before you were ninety six. Um, you know, there's there's a time where all of a sudden one just goes off your thigh or something like that and you get a goal and then suddenly you're back on the on the goal trail. Um I, I tried to interview Dwight Gale after the Luton game, um and I said, Are oh, you not gonna speak to him until you've scored? He says yeah, he says he says I just can't find the goals at the minute unfortunately, and kinda of like tried to make a little bit of light of it. And I did, I did feel for him a little bit because you know, last season he was the main man, he got all them goals. This season hasn't quite sort of dropped for him. He was unsettled in the summer with the talk about Fulham coming in for him. Um, You know, what what would that have been a good move for him? He he was never going to be allowed to go unless Newcastle had a striker to bring through the door and they didn't have that. So there's been a bit of pressure on him and I think that has definitely shown this season at times. And, you know, hopefully he can get back on the the goal trail and. but he's got a tough one this weekend. No, I mean
0: uh, on yesterday uh, sorry, on Saturday, I thought he should have scored, but at the same time, watching Ian Wright's criticism on Westerday, I thought it was a little bit strange. Like, look, I thought Gale should have put away one of the chances, but when he said about the header, when he said, Oh, he jumps into that when he shouldn't, and all that of stuff, you you actually watch where the balls go, and Gale's already a little way ahead of it, so I don't really see how he could have just stood there and headed in. He's not the tallest bloke in the world. So um I can see Ian Wright was trying to back up a point you made last week, and look as a, as a Premier League striker, he'd hope he would have put one of the three good chances he had away, but as Lee says, it's just not quite falling from at the moment and and that isn't serving Newcastle well or Gale.
2: It, I mean, it's all well and good. Ian Wright saying, you know, you should do this, you should do that. But when you look at the, the people that were sort of uh, feeding the bullets for Ian Wright in his career, people like Bergkamp and Alan Smith, you know, Paul Merson, it's easy when you've got them players around you, but, but really the service... Although it wasn't too bad on Saturday, it hasn't been like five star for Gale and hasn't been five star for any of the front men this season. So so they've got a lot of work that they've got to do themselves, dropping them back in and timing the run. And it's not easy. So I've, I've got a bit of sympathy for him, but they need to get some of the goals.
1: Do you think with Drake, do you think he's suited <coughs> to the way Benitez likes to play? Because you could look at him and say, well, maybe he needs another striker, often more than a number 10, but obviously Benitez is, is a big fan of playing. In number ten. Well, we've seen when he's tried to play it up front, it really hasn't worked because he's short at the back. But
2: do you think Gale is suited to the to the webbing? He has a setter. Well, I think it's hard when you've got a manager who's at times played very defensive tactics, um, and Rafa's you know made it clear when he's been telling us about the short blanket yeah. many times <laughs> um, that you know if you can't win the game then just don't lose it and it, it's difficult when you've got two banks of four behind you and you've got a full, full team pushing up and supporting and everyone's going up with you, then you're going to get more chances, it's as simple as that so I've got a bit of sympathy for them, but Newcastle do need to find uh, someone who's going to bring another 5, eight, ten goals to the table
1: We're getting transfers in just a moment, we can't promise you that's going to be anything overly positive but One, uh, well, one incident of the game which kind of grabbed the headlines on Saturday was John Joe Shelby. We know his discipline has cost Newcastle um, last season, and it's not been overly fantastic this season. Um, But what do you think was going through his mind? We know he's come out, he's apologised. We know Benitez has kind of shrugged it off. But will will it remain a closed book now, or do you think there's going to be a few ramifications?
0: Well, I thought Lee said it to me on Saturday. It'll be interesting to see what the team selection is is this weekend from Rafa as to whether if John or Shelby starts at Man City. And I think that if he doesn't, then that'll show you the way that's gone down. It was it was strange really because it wasn't as if Shelby had dominated the game. It wasn't as if he'd been the one or oh, something really going to come from. Yeah, he'd wasted a really good free kick in the first half. He'd done a few bits and bobs, but he, he certainly wasn't heads and shoulders above anyone else. And I think at times he he really he was poor at times in the middle as, as quite a few of the players were particularly in the second half. And he was shaking his head as he came off and then he he, sno- he sort of Rafa put his hand out and, and Shelby sort of whipped sort of so away. And I just thought it was a it was a poor thing to do in that regard. Clearly he regrets it and has apologised, but I just think this is this is the problem. Clearly there was frustration there, but at the end of the day is his manager's trying to make a change to try and get Newcastle uh, a victory. Shelby might not agree with it but it's not as if he'd gone and scored two goals or created two assists and made himself uh, really so that he couldn't have been taken off so I think that he needs to to have a think about that and just realise that look, he needs to really step up the performances now.
1: Probably not the best thing to have done, bear in mind Gareth Southgate was was in the crowd and there's already been rumblings that you know even if Shelby was on the form of his life he wouldn't take him because there's questions over his attitude. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I suppose in the heat of the moment is there a defence and just to say you know in the heat of the moment it
2: happened. Oh, absolutely. Think things can happen in, in the heat of the moment. I mean, you've only got to look at that that referee last night for uh, in the PSG game <laughs> who ended up kicking out on one of the players. But you know, in that in that situation, right, I've seen it many times before and. I almost knew what Rafa was going to say after the game in his press conference that it's good to have disappointed players. Um, I certainly remember once covering a a Scunthorpe game when Peter Beagre came off uh, and he showed a bit of dissent towards Brian Laws. But because he was an experienced player at the final whistle, which the one, just jumped on Brian Laws and gave him a big hug and that was it. It was diffused straight away. And I think Shelby's just got to be a little bit smarter and, you know, he did come out and apologise in the end. He should probably should have done something a bit quicker if he did, you know the the mix zone was available to him. He doesn't normally come through and do interviews but he could have got himself showered and down the mix zone and said, you know, pretty much said sorry because I I'm pretty certain that most of the, the journalists would have had that out straight away and then that would have been nipped in the bud. So there's things you can do but you know hit at the moment it's a passionate game. No one wants to come off the pitch. Um, you know you probably wanted to win it against his old, old team um, but you know the proof in the pudding will be the team sheet at uh, the at Stadium on Saturday night and
1: Just before we get on to, to the City game should
2: Newcastle beaten bottom of the side Swansea City Chris?
1: I mean or is it like it's a point it's a point gained uh, rather than two dropped or should Newcastle be beaten in Swansea City?
0: I wouldn't say it's a point gained I mean Deandre Edlin was quite adamant there was two points dropped when I spoke to him after the game and kept on reiterating that fact <laughs> they didn't lose two extra points to Swansea which I think is important but at the same time yes they should, be, they should be beating the bottom of the table side at home if you want to survive then you need to be winning your home games and particularly Castle's home games Are have been very poor, seven without a win now um, and their waveform yes it's been decent but can you see them going and getting all the points they need away from home between now and the end of the season Personally I can't. The the home is gonna have to turn round. There's four certainly winnable games between now and the end of season. I think they've got Burnley, Huddersfield, um I was about them earlier. Anyway, there's there's four games which you say that they should be winner, I think, against bottom half teams plus Burnley. And they need to go and make sure they get points from them. It, it isn't quite working for them at home at the moment. They seem nervous. Teams sit off them and they, and they don't quite know how to break them down. Uh, first half, Swansea. Left gaps, and that's why Newcastle them. didn't take their chances and I think one win could turn it around a little bit I think there's just a bit of a fear factor there for them but yes you have to you have to see the two point shot because you're against the bottom of the table side at home need you share that sentiment yeah you
2: should be winning them games no doubt about it um it's, as I said though before by the final whistle i was I was almost yeah. grateful for a point uh so I started the day quite positive um and I ended the day just grateful for small mercies, and that's that's exactly what it was.
1: So it's so tight down there. That just one win, one point, even in the long, you know, end of the season could make could make all the difference. It's quite a scary uh, prospect. But um, to the city game, which is probably an even scarier prospect. Obviously, they lost against Liverpool. Lots to talk about. How um, I shared a few memories of Newcastle's four threes against Liverpool back in the uh, the mid nineties. But um, it was a fantastic game of football. But City will be wanting to to rid the memory of that game uh, well quickly, and it's unfortunate that Newcastle are the team
0: to, to face City straight away. It was a fantastic game of football. I have, I have to be honest; I got a bit annoyed afterwards, and people saying certain people, certain pundits, saying this is the way you, you've got to you've got to make it an entertaining. You've got to have a goal at Man City, and said, like, "Well, if you have Liverpool's front three, then you can have a goal like that." And you, you, the vast majority of Premier League teams, I'll tell you the top six don't have personnel at their disposal to be able to go toe to toe with Man City I think if you played that game 10 times I think Man City probably win 7 of them and Liverpool 3 and yesterday was one of the the ones where Liverpool came out on top but most other teams you played 10 to 9 times at least Man City would win I've been trying to work out in my head whether it's the best or worst thing that could have happened the fact that I've I've subsequently seen that Man City don't play in midweek for the first time since August—that's quite a frightening start. They're mm-hmm. going to be and relax going into the Newcastle game. They need—they want to bounce back, particularly if Man, City, Man United win tonight. Obviously, that—that's when we record the podcast. That game hasn't been played yet. Um, people are saying, "Oh, is it the way you can, you've seen how you can beat Man City?" Well, can, can Newcastle United play the way Liverpool did yesterday? I just don't see it. So, uh, it is a frightening prospect. But at the same time, everyone's got to play them at some point, both home and away. Newcastle managed to limit it, just 1-0 at home, could have even nicked something at the end. They've got to go at the Hard and, and, and just just set out the stall to do whatever Benitez believes will be right. I still think you will play similar to how he did at home. Um, I don't see why it would be too different. Newcastle are better, seem better away from home and can cause problems on the counter-attack, so... If they can go there and get an early goal, maybe maybe that will make Man City nervous. But yeah, it is it is quite a frightening prospect.
1: Do I think Rafa will park the bus on yeah, Saturday?
0: Hundred percent. I mean,
2: I think you might see maybe Jacob Murphy come back in the team, so he's got that outlet when they do break. And there will there will be chances because Man City pushed so high up the pitch. So there will be you know two or three opportunities t- to get goals. But realistically, and I, I don't want to sound negative, I really don't, <laughs> but. If the if they, if we get out of the Etihad Stadium without being absolutely humiliated, then I'll be happy. You know, it's like if the it's a bit like Chelsea way. You know, that day they went there, they got the lead, which was great, um, and then they end up losing three one. But at least they had a bit of uh, something about them on that day. If they can produce something, if it's similar, at least try a game plan. Then great. I mean, if they look, if they get a point or anything more, then I think we'll be having a a national holiday in in (laughs) Newcastle, to be totally honest. But it's going to be tough. And now, because they've lost, then it's the wounded animal kind of effect. Um, And that pressure now that they had to stay unbeaten for the whole season is gone. So they can enjoy the football a little bit
0: more as well. I I I was just going to say, sorry, it sounds negative in some ways, but you've got to remember the team Newcastle put out on Saturday, as we've said, was a championship team last year. They're going to be playing the champions elect essentially next weekend, it, 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 it's a huge gulf and Benitez wasn't able to strengthen the way he wanted, he's only brought in a, a few players some of whom he's basically admitted aren't that much of an upgrade of what he already had so it is essentially a second tier side who are going to be going to a team who were unbeaten in 30 Premier League games until the weekend and have put 7 past Stoke and 5 past Liverpool early in the season, and all that sort of stuff. It, it it's a huge gulf, it really is it's a
2: scary prospect as well, isn't it? You, you, you know, you look at Man City, even the right-back can get forward and, you know, make them runs and really attack. Even the, the centre-backs can bring the ball out of, of defence like you haven't seen for so many years. And there's just threats all over the pitch. And uh, it's Newcastle's toughest away game of the season by far. And that might sound like it's the totally obvious, but, um, they, you know, it's a real test for them to go there and, you know, just not get demoralised and that that would be a bonus.
1: Do you think you'll set five at the back again like you did in the the reverse fixture?
2: Yeah, I think you'll you'll go along because you can for straight Man City as well, Mm -hmm. can't you? Which is what uh, Pep got annoyed about up at St James when he was saying, you know, I don't like teams that don't try and as in don't try as in don't uh, at least pose a few questions of the defence and that's exactly how Rafa will set up um, and you know if he if he gets out of there with a without Newcastle getting beat or even a draw then that that would be a massive bonus point
0: i, w- I wouldn't be surprised in some ways if it, if i'd I'd expect to see Hossu just as someone who hold up the ball, but I wouldn't be surprised if Atsu maybe played up front again just yeah. off him um so for a bit of an outlet against stoke he was he was the he was the one who kept on running the the line. As, as Lee said, Murphy could welcome in there a bit of pace on the break someone like Yednan would be vital to, to he relieves pressure with his ability to, to, to counter-attack and yeah, five at the back potentially, or at very least four and then another bank of four but but he, he, the five at the back worked quite well to a certain extent, it did frustrate Man City I know that was at St James's rather than the way, but it, it did actually work quite well and for a system that Newcastle had only operated in one all season um, it it did work quite well do you think it'll be Dummett then pushed back in as, a, as a three centre-back and Manculler back on, on the left? Uh, potentially, yeah. Or even, I suppose, in some ways, you could even maybe have someone like Jacob Murphy as a wing-back. Um, it would be asking a lot of him because he hasn't done it before, but we you know he tried Richie there at Chelsea; didn't quite work. But, yeah, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise you to see Dummett. I thought Dummett did very well in that role, particularly since he hadn't had much football up until that point. Um, and it doesn't look like is going to be back, so I would have thought that, that, that probably, yeah.
1: Do you think Man City's defeat to, to Liverpool will that have changed Rafa Benitez's thoughts for this week? Yeah, in the training and the setup. or do you think? It's just going to be as it was, even if Man City beat Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I think it, I don't think it will have made much difference. I mean, it's if it look, it shows that there are gaps in the Man City defense, but you have to have them quality players to to expose them gaps. Really, I mean, Newcastle are going to have to. They're not going to sprint through and get loads of, of one on ones. Yeah, they've got a bit of pace on the break, but they, they haven't got anyone who's going to just. And I think Rafa like hinted at it the other day that they haven't got players who you can just let them do what they want, mm. because uh, he said if we're going to achieve anything this season, it is by teamwork, um, and that 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 seems to have been his philosophy. What I would like to see is making the most of set pieces a little bit more, because I thought on Saturday the corners, I mean some of Shelby's corners weren't even getting past the front post, so it was like, you know, schoolboy stuff almost. And then the free kicks, as you say, that that free kick was a real chance it was. Um they could have been so much more creative than that. I mean everyone knew he was gonna try and whip it over the wall but he just, just if you if you're in great form, have a go at that. But he's just not. So they needed to do something laid off or something or try something they hit it under the wall or something a little bit different they didn't try it at all so there was a, there was a lot of negatives in the game on, on Saturday um, and, and the set pieces were definitely of them so I'd like to see them improve that and try and make if they do get some opportunities like that at Man City you know let's let's see something a bit different maybe give someone else a go at doing it you know
1: I suppose that highlights the message that Rafa's been trying to get out more need to be more clinical in front of the goal because Newcastle is probably only going to get one, two, three to push you know, chances against City. They're not going to get many opportunities but if you can can you honestly say to yourself if you see just or well, Dwight Gale one-on-one with her going through on the City goal like you, you back, back them to get the goal?
0: Not at this stage no I wouldn't. and The stats bear that out the performances this season bear that out the results bear that out but Look, there have been the occasion where Newcastle have actually been clear, I mean, Swansea away. That was early in the season when, when the set pieces were working. At that point, Matt Ritchie was finding the cells in the air or finding Clark in the air. It, they've lost that a bit. Matt Ritchie's delivery has gone down as well. I thought that was poor on Saturday. He wasted a couple of late free kicks with overhead crosses in the box. And if Newcastle do need to get that because there aren't going to be too many opportunities in one place, you can potentially attack Man City, although their stats from defensive set pieces I think are very good, would be in the air. Um, just, just going back to the, to the five at the back or, or, or three at the back and, and the wing backs. I, I mean, I've, I've been convinced all season that this is this is nothing other than me believing it. That I've got no evidence for all this. That I think Benitez does want the flexibility to be able to play that more, and I think that's one of the reasons he is so keen on Kendi I know we're going to go get on the transfers in a bit, but because he hasn't really got a left wing back option other than Manquillo, who really isn't there, and he has got Yedlin on, on one side and. Yeah. I think that 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 would give them the flexibility to be able to change systems because a lot of teams are playing three at the back at the moment. It's quite difficult to counter that if you're not doing it yourself. And I think I think that is something he is keen to do a bit more, particularly away to, to the big teams. Fantastic. Well, prediction time. Just before we do get into
1: to the uh, transfers, I'm going to go. I'm going to go uh, three three nil to City. Sorry, I know that's Mr. Negative, but I like to say Mr. Realism, perhaps Lee
2: yeah um, I' I'll, I'll try and be a little bit more positive and I'll, I'll say two one maybe city might go a little bit easier on me. I'll
0: go three one well there we go hopefully
1: three T- De- Man city right, just, yes.
2: just to <laughs> Ho- hopefully
0: three defeats
1: will work in our favor and it actually means a victory on Saturday you can follow that game of course live on chroniclelive.co.uk we get on to transfers obviously we're 15th of January at the moment Rafa did set a deadline of the 20th um, I'll ask as I did last week how confident we are of anyone coming in before that day um, I suspect it's probably the same answer as it was back then not very
2: no it's not it's not looking too too good I, th- I know that they tried to, to get Kennedy done last week but it got blocked by um, Conte so I think that one's pretty much ready to go that deal but you, you can't do it unless the first team manager of the, the, the team you <laughs> trying to get him off uh, approves the deal. So, yeah, I just hope they don't waste too much time on that. And if it's you know, if it's looking... If we get the last week and it still isn't done, then I think maybe the writing on the wall might be there on that one. So it's, you know, this week or nothing on, on Kennedy. I mean, we've been talking about the goal, goalkeeper from Sparta Prague earlier. Loan bid turned down... Newcastle seemingly not prepared to pay the money you were mentioning before. Yeah.
0: Five point eight I think was what they wanted, yeah. Yeah,
2: so yeah, not looking great. I mean in this window, if you want if you want the quality players you've got to spend the money and the going rate for a striker's twenty five million. I mean I know I know Sacco from West Ham's been mooted Good for LinkedIn. ten million, but Newcastle took a look at him before they would be going back on their own policy if they went and got him because he was already deemed not good enough by the previous regime so they'd be going backwards on that policy they need to uh, forget all these little niggles and, and get someone through the door because let's, let's face it they do need three or four players
1: I've seen Martin Debrekva is, is,
2: that right? that's,
1: that's uh, is the man from uh, Sporting Frog obviously Reyna again is another name that keeps popping up but again his age and the price tag and his wage it's its nothing what you know, Mike Asher will probably sign off for is it?
0: No all, almost certainly not and that, that's, that's the concern Benitez has one to keep us into summer still hasn't got one it's so one the left back into summer still hasn't got one one to strike us since the summer still hasn't got one one number 10 since the summer still hasn't got one I could go on um, and it, at the moment my fear is that this just seems like a classic Newcastle United January transfer window and that they, they pursue someone throughout it and then it turns out they just don't get them in the end And they- but even now you, you can't even say that they're just going to revert to a disappointing loan deal because <laughs> a disappointing loan deal seems to be the best that you can hope for at the moment that's not trying to be negative, that's just the reality of the situation, we find ourselves in 15th or whatever it is of January here five days before Rafa's self-imposed deadline little more than two weeks before the end of it and there needs to be some movement there needs to be players and I think it's not even just what they give on the pitch or on Saturday on Sunday I th- St James' report just felt like someone that needs a lift the whole city needs a lift just someone coming in and before they even make an impact just Newcastle thinking right we actually have had a boost here and that's 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 what I think that's what I think they need I think everyone needs a ejection of something the squad needs it the fans need it Benitez needs it that's what I just think they need
1: but it, it's funny in a way, or, or tragic you could say that, We I think we probably had the same conversation this time last year when we said, Andres Townsend, you know, 28th, 29th of January, just bring him in on loan and that's the one boost, you know, it's one player, but that's the boost that you'll need to get Newcastle over the line and as it was it didn't happen and Newcastle took it to the death to win the championship, obviously promoted well before then but it just seems to be going around in circles and I think we mentioned it in last week's special podcast, we've been here before and it's just, is it, why aren't people learning from their, their
2: mistakes? Well, as you say, it's, you'd think Newcastle would have the hang of it by now in, in January. I think probably the worst one for me was the Andy Carroll one where he was sold for £35 million and then the day after the window uh, shut, they signed um, Chef. Chef Kikuchi <laughs> on a free transfer, who a, was who's a nice bloke, but... Uh, I don't think it was the answer to Newcastle's problems and look you just don't want to see that kind of situation again where you know they're left without what they need and they can't look if they can't say anyone let you talk they don't come out with this any weaker than they already are because they definitely can't afford to sell somebody and not replace them and I, you know I don't want to sound negative but you, you, could you rule that out you know if say they got a £15-80 bid for someone like Shelby on the deadline Deadline day
0: they got rid of him and then they didn't bring anyone in could happen and you do fear that and the, the, the negativity also is bred from the fact that it would be different if, if Benitez had enough confidence in the squad that he thought right this team would see us soon he hadn't been saying since November or whenever it was that they needed strengthening it. it was the same last, last January it wouldn't have been so much of an issue last year if Benitez hadn't made it clear we need a little but actually push through. When your manager's making that clear, then that's where the negativity are from. Because because yeah, fans are always going to want more signings. Or really, managers are. But managers don't necessarily make that clear in public unless they think they really do need strengthening. And that's a that's not having a, a jab beneath us. That's just what I'm making clear where all this comes from. Is that that everyone at the club realizes the need for signings. It's not just it will be nice to have a signing. Newcastle's future in this division could depend on these signings coming. And at the moment, they're just not there. I was going
1: to next question. You watch against Swansea, even against Luton, even though you know, Newcastle won and won comfortably in the end. Well, second half wasn't as comfortable as they would have liked. But even so, in that game, there were instances where you thought, you know, they're not as good as maybe, not good enough to really dominate like they did maybe against Luton and the quality isn't there. You know, and if you're sitting in the stands and watching this from a point of the hierarchy, you, you must be able to see exactly what where reporting exactly what Benitez is saying in the press conference is that yeah. quality is a must. You know, a striker. This isn't just some of that. Uh, you, it could happen. It needs to happen.
2: Yeah, okay. I mean, then yeah, it does. I mean, but Mike Ashley wasn't there on Saturday. Uh, he sent uh, Keith Bishop and Justin Barnes. Um, can they have they got that level of expertise? You need somebody who knows exactly what's required on the pitch and. Rafa is the man who they paid five million a year to do that. So if he makes his recommendations and they don't listen, then where does it leave you? You know, it's it's worrying because you just get the feeling they're just trying to not muddle through. I wouldn't say that, but they're just almost like, well, we'll take a little bit of a risk. Uh, we'll get the points we need somehow, and then in the summer we can we can have a spend. I just don't think it works like that. You need you need to make sure. But definitely you're gonna get they need to, what, seventeen points? And yep. there's forty five available. So you know, it's the need to to get them in the bag as soon as possible and, uh, and go from there.
0: And you can afford to take that gamble if you did what you needed to do last summer but they didn't. So yep. in terms of the spending the summer, if you've left yourself short already, you've left yourself short going into a window which is more expensive anyway, which is more difficult to deal in anyway and that's, that's where the whole problems come well, the problems came from the summer which is what Rafa warned at the time mm-hmm. I know he keeps saying Rafa's over but he was, he was right and he knew he was going to be right and I'm sure he, he wishes he could have sat here and said oh no I, I didn't actually need those players we are flying up but he wasn't he was proven right and that's why that they are now chasing their tails and for some reason we're still 15 days into a window where they haven't actually done anything yet when they really needed to be on it from the very get go
1: I mean that's just, just kind of how important Maphuti is. is. His warnings are starting to to ring true, but it's funny that he wanted Townsend last January, and Townsend this season has been in brilliant form. Played every game I think, but the last one for Palace, I think he's out injured. But you know, has clearly, you know, he managed him for what uh, ten to twelve games, so he knew the talent, he knew what he wanted, and it's just it must be it must be so frustrating for him not to be for his work to be trusted, so to speak.
0: Well, yeah, the reason he wanted Townsend last January was not to, to, to load the squad with a lot more championship players or players that that he readily admitted the summer before, before the championship. He knew that Townsend was a Premier League-ready player and that if and when Newcastle went up, he'd be the player he could he could help in, in the Premier League. He had him the season Newcastle went down. He was arguably Newcastle's best players in the last 10 dozen games under Benitez. He's someone he knows well and who can create the opportunities and score goals himself. So... That's why it didn't make sense because it wasn't like he was asking for a £12 million sign or even a loan sign with a view to a permanent deal for someone who Newcastle were only going to have for six months. It was someone they were hopefully going to have for a, a good few years and who Benitez could help build his team around. And He really wanted that winger slash scorer that the Townsend can be and wasn't delivered him. This is where we are 12 months on and how much of a difference Townsend would make to that team, I think we'd all see probably make a real difference oh
2: absolutely and I I think part of the problem is is that ever since um, the sort of days of Sam Aldice and Kevin Keegan at Newcastle the default setting of the board has been right we can't afford to throw money because the thing you know they are a little bit scarred by people like uh, because when Ashley first turned up at the club there was a few deals that were like in the middle of the process and he had to sign them off and it's like people like Viduka and Jeremy and Alan Smith, and they're all on big wages and they're all on long contracts. And I think he's still haunted by that a little bit. And ever since they've tried to take measures to make sure that doesn't happen again, so they've had Dennis Wise in there, Joe Kinnear controversially. Um, they've, they've always tried to have this kind of person making sure that don't go overboard with, with transfers. But I don't think Rafa's the type of guy who wastes money um, and also. The money he has spent, people like Joss Liu, has been good value. So just trust him with a little bit of money. Yeah, okay, you could argue that Lazar um, and Matt Sells have been not great, but you know, Matt Sells are still at the club. They could still get money for him. They could still sell Lazar. You're not going to get them 100% right every single time. Um, I just think you've got to trust your manager. If you're paying him $5 million a year to make football decisions, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know... Give give him a, just give him a bit more, um, cut him a bit more slack.
1: Well, that was what I was going to ask. I mean, obviously, we'll, we don't. We really want to talk about something in a cast podcast, but they are in, you know, they are in a dire situation. Chris Coleman hasn't been backed by uh, the chairman. They weren't backed in the in the in the summer. It kind of highlights just how important it was that Mike Ashley, even though you could probably uh, the relegation at his door anyway. But that he backed Benitez last summer. Yeah, and it just makes it even more strange to actually he backed him he was proved right by back he got it he got it back so to speak and then we get to this summer gone this January you know Benitez is
2: left wanting yeah and it's it's just not good for the fans not good for anybody Um, and you know you mentioned Sunderland uh, it's so easy for that to have no club it really is Um, if you don't invest and you just try and tread water and you don't back your manager you can very quickly go from being a Premier League club to stare in League One in the face, and that is a very serious situation for them. Um, and all rivalry aside, you know the fans are paying the money; um, they're getting shortchanged. And you know Newcastle fans want to see it. They, they've said before, i on the
0: flag." We want to see a club that tries. And at the minute, are they trying? It's debatable. And the, the key there is manager as well. There was, there was it wasn't just symbolic when Benitez insisted when he came in that, that head coach under McLaren was changed yeah. to manager that's different it, it head coach in a lot of clubs that's what conte has got the issue with at, at, at Chelsea he's technically the head coach there. he's not getting the players he wants but Bernier's was given manager and in, in those statements it all said as Lee says about football operations he's not going to be in control of that well if he isn't able to actually get the signs he wants and I don't mean if it turns out that, that they can't if they go for a player and he's too expensive that's different but it's it's making sure he gets some players and he's got a list of targets ranging from a high value down to the very lowest, whereby it would just be a loan fee or very minimal sense. If he can't even get them, then the manager tag isn't as strong as it should be and it needs to be because that's the reason they brought Benitez in because they knew that he was the one who was capable of delivering potentially success if he's given the reins to do so. Fantastic. Well, I'm just going to
1: throw a couple of names out and you can just update the listeners on where we're at. So I'll start with you, Chris, on
0: Kennedy. Um, well as I said I th- think it's just ready to go but they're waiting on Chelsea and that is the, that's is the—that's a frustrating thing you, you could be waiting a long time they've waited since summer for that so they just wait and see uh, where that comes from and unfortunately in the minute Chelsea haven't got anyone extra in yeah it looks like it's
2: for that one they've, they've put the inquiry in and they've been quoted they're going to have to pay the money for him so whether Newcastle are going to pay £6 million for a goalkeeper
0: when they need a striker, I, I can't say. It. Danny Ings? Um, I think Lee wrote last week that it looks like uh, they're waiting until the end of the window because Ings wants to, to to play there. Um, I saw a Liverpool report the other day that there's only a 10% chance of them leaving. I think Newcastle's still got an interest there, but they're going to have to wait and see at a later date. Yeah, I think uh, we'll revisit that one maybe in the last week of the window.
1: And just finally, Murtovic, obviously, if Bordeaux get this £40 million for. Malcolm, that Arsenal are probably prepared to pay. The president did say last week that he, you know, there is an interest, but it is quite expensive. But Newcastle only won fifteen million, and Bordeaux have got forty million in the back pocket. Could you see that one happening?
2: Yeah, I could. But if that one goes through, then you would have to say that Newcastle need a replacement lined up. So it's how quickly that can happen. So they need to get the money. The deal for rich would have to go through, and Newcastle would have to have somebody lined up very quickly. So. You know, what we are now, the 15th of Jan, so 16 days left for those three transactions to happen. Not much time.
1: Not much confidence. <laughs> You've had, perhaps. Uh, if you head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up with all the latest Newcastle United news and, of course, the Man City game live on Saturday evening. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe and share the podcast, whether that be through iTunes or audio boom spotify or whichever platform you may be listening through and if you want to get involved with the podcast you can do so via our social media channels we're over on twitter at chronicle nufc and on facebook at the same handle chronicle nufc we want your questions your topics your feedbacks why don't you drop us a line and get in touch